0: Your happiness goes up, if you can if you have sex once a week, your happiness goes up to the same degree as they found of people who had a bump of $50,000 annually in their income.
1: Interesting. Welcome to The Picture of Wealth, a podcast all about living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future. Lifestyle experimenter, wealth scientist, and financial coach Dustin Service shares life hacks, wealth tips... And interview successful entrepreneurs on how they're thriving in happiness, purpose, and prosperity.
2: Okay, Frankie, we are uh, we are not live. Uh, we are in our Zoom environments, and today is going to be uh, again. I <laughs> I'm getting less nervous talking to you uh, over these kind of podcasts in helping people make better decisions, and the fact that you know some people you know have trouble talking about sex. And the the correlation between talking about sex and money, uh, and and the correlations between the two, because in my research uh, I did find a lot of correlations, and uh, I gave that research uh, topic to you, or we both kind of came up with it. And I'm I'm i Let's just get on with it. Let's get into this and see where your first question's going.
0: Very right, awesome. I'm really excited. Like I said, and like it might be obvious from my voice, I have a bit of a cold today, a bit of a whooshing sound in my ear. But okay, well, your I'm voice still my, sounds
2: the same, so it, okay. It should be okay. my
0: plan is uh, is that I can maybe make up for it by saying a few outlandish things <laughs>
1: that uh, I
0: discovered in my research and and that I more shockingly discovered about myself um, I'm a little ashamed of, but i'm I'm open to sharing and being honest like always um' because I think what you what you just said is just it the more we talk about it, the easier these things become, yeah, so why don't we just get started with like the main premise we had for this week. So this claim that I originally found one specific article, but I've seen the idea around a lot. Um, The claim that for, for most people, for adult people, to talk about money is more stressful than to talk about sex. And that money is a bigger stress in people's lives than, than to talk about sex. So on face value, or like, what's your first reaction to that? Like, do you go like, "Oh, that's totally hundred percent, or do you go, huh?
2: well, I, I think it's it's um, and again, I'm not a psychologist, so I don't know what the actual root value is. I just kind of would look at it from what I see in my clients, and obviously, we don't get into uh, SEX talk, but
0: uh,
2: I don't care if it's R, but I, I think. I I think the, the, you know, there's, there's power struggles, there's self-esteem, there's confidence, um, you know, those things with money are, are very prevalent. There's, you know, I, I work with lots of families who, you know, one spouse in particular has worked, made really good money and one spouse has stayed at home, raised the kids And when it comes time to, you know, kids are out of the house and now they're going to retire or sell the business, and the person has not been involved or been sort of in the dark, there becomes, and I don't think the word dichotomy is the right where there's a real there's a friction point there where the expectations of the person who maybe hasn't been in the business, hasn't managed the finances relative to spending. Because when you have your business and you have your income. You spend and you find a cadence, but when you all of a sudden get ready to retire or retire, and there isn't that income anymore, it you do need to be very deliberate in where you spend your money. And if someone hasn't been in the dark, that can cause a lot of friction. It can cause a lot of stress. So I think, you know, people are busy. You know, think about for this the sex analogies. People are busy. Life goes on. Again, I'm forty. I got two young kids. Uh, busy, busy, busy. And it's like, at the end of the day comes, oh man, I'm so tired. We'll just push it off, push it off, push it off. Mm -hmm. And if you're not very intentional about setting date night or setting some sort of, you know, a a getaway or, you know, we, for a long time, were not very good at asking for babysitting help. It was Mm -hmm. like, we didn't have kids to make someone else watch them. And then we realized it's like, no, this, this is for us and for the longevity of our relationship that we need a little break. And we need that intentional time apart. And it's, it's a more fun night that you look forward to, almost like a trip. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the same as with money, you know, building, however someone builds that up, whether it's, you know, some people find a, a meeting, I'll say, quote unquote, a meeting, very intimidating. Got to go meet my guy or my girl. That's, you know, my for financial planning. Okay. You know, some people might find that with sex, very intimidating of like, a lot of pressure on, okay, Saturday night, like we're going to drink red wine. Like that's the signal that this
1: is going to be a good <laughs> night.
2: You know, so I think uh, the other camp of people are, you know, they they call me very frequently, I'll say very frequently, monthly, and we have a 15-minute chat on some little thing that is happening. And I I find that more effective if there's just regular check-ins uh, and, and less of this big Thing. So again, I, I think there's there's definite correlation between, you know, couples and relationships and you know intimacy and and their their money and and how those go hand in hand. So hopefully that somewhat kicked off your first question. Yeah.
0: Well, I read I read online just this morning, and it was from the survey, it said that I don't need to explain this right. So it said that they they measured people's happiness levels and they said it. The difference between having sex once a month to once a week was the same difference as making as make as an increase of fifty thousand dollars to your annual income.
2: So, and, and did they un, did they like correlate that? So that like did it, did it say anything more about the survey? So someone gets asked a the question.
0: So they measured they were measuring people's like overall happiness levels. So they're psychologists or whatever. However, okay. they manage, they measure that. And they looked at the difference between people who have sex once a month versus people who have sex once a week. Okay, I get that. And they, what they saw was that your happiness goes up. If you, if you can have sex once a week, your happiness goes up to the same degree as they found of people who had a bump of $50,000 nice. annually in their income.
2: Interesting. So... How would I draw a parallel there? I, like, obviously, sex once a week would be cool and be better uh, <laughs> than once a month. So that I don't think we need to unpack. I think you you bring up interesting point about the raise, um, and I think especially now I don't know what you see in your peer group out east, but you know uh, that there there is a shift in psychology of people sort of recognize like maybe I maybe this dream I've been sold of like make more money, make more money. It's like and you get more happy, maybe it's, maybe I can just calm it down a bit. Maybe I can just be more happy. And that actually, you know, is, is interesting when you look at the big wheel of, of things going on in in the world and, and how how does that impact it? Are people be happier? So they spend more maybe, (laughs) and that Mm -hmm. keeps the economic engine going. Um, You know, is there creating opportunities for more lower skilled workers to, You know, are they picking up the socks? And you know, they're getting upgraded in their skill set, maybe. But for the for the income, at a certain point in income, when I look at my client block, I often reference one hundred twenty thousand a year. Okay. So when someone's making say seventy thousand versus eighty thousand, there isn't a real big lifestyle difference because you still have a mortgage payment usually, and you still have your bills. And then when you go to a hundred. you start to be a little more flexible when a person gets usually to 120 if they're managing their wealth or managing their spending in a I'll say intentional way they aren't just spending whatever comes in and trying to buy as many things they are have goals and they they got a savings plan they they have options so they've got their mortgage and also it's like wow at the end of the month I actually have one or 2000 left that we could buy a rental house that has negative cash flow. Okay. Well that would be okay because I, I make extra or I'm not as stressed to get this rental house. Cause if we don't rent it for a few months, we'd be able to sustain it. Or they would be saying, I'm going to put a thousand dollars a month into an investment plan.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: 120 usually is, is something that I always encourage, you know, younger people strive to, to at least get to that because from there you've got sort of a blend of gravy of more savings, more accumulation, and more more lifestyle and and that you know I think is is, is a good marker to to aim for. I kind of derailed your question there, but I think
1: <laughs> okay. it's an important topic
2: because people always ask like well, how, how much how much do I need to make to have an investment plan or a wealth plan? Well, you could have sixty thousand, but really, if you want to have a pretty good life plus you know, if you think you're only investing a $1,000 a month, you're only putting away 12,000, which isn't really changing much.
0: Uh-huh.
2: 2,000. Now you start 24,000 in four years, you got a hundred. Now you could buy a, a rental house or now, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you could leverage that you could, you know, do certain things with a hundred versus 12.
0: That's interesting actually that you bring that up because I think for me, and this relate, this comes back to the, the sex versus, Money thing, I find it's so hard to get specific to money. Like for you to say, a lot of people ask you, "What's the amount of money we need to make?" It's so, and it and it makes sense because of all everything you just said. Your, you know, your, your lifestyle could be different. Your your needs are different. So there's no one size fits all answer. But I do find. I do find that that's another example of of how of how uncomfortable people are. Like I, I've written about this before, um, bringing it back to to sex and money, and there are obviously there are two things that we generally can be uncomfortable about in life. Um, there are two areas where we can be really vulnerable, but I do think we've come a long way in our society, and in some instances, maybe we've gone too far. To be comfortable talking about sex and seeing sex and having it thrown in our faces in a way that I don't think exists for money. And I was thinking about mm-hmm. it this week, like in a movie, there's no, it's, it's no big deal in movies or TVs now to see someone's genitals. But when do you ever hear about how much a person makes in a movie or like in those scenes where they're doing, um, Uh, you know, like in the big offices and they're doing negotiations and maybe this is how it actually works in real life, but you never see the amount of money they're talking about. They just write it on a piece of paper and you see people's expressions, but you never know. Mm -hmm. And I find that, I find that really weird.
2: Yeah. You bring up like, so the messaging, I think the messaging is there, but people are challenging it. So the messaging of money, you know, you think of the movie The Wolf of Wall Street. I don't know uh-huh. if you ever watched that. I've so seen
0: it, yeah.
2: <laughs> he calls it his fun coupons and he's like throwing the money at the cop off the boat and it's like flying through the air and, you know, just, you know, you see that. But I, in my, you know, upbringing, you know, it was, <clears throat> you know, my father worked corporate world and it was like Beamer, um, you know, and, and expensive golf course membership and, you know, Schmoozing and whining and dining, and that, that's great, and it was like those were rungs, and this is this is my perception as a youngster, but it, I, I think it's pretty close to what uh-huh. he's told me after the fact is those are rungs on the ladder once you got that, then there's that, then there's that, then there 's that, and then at the top of the ladder is happiness, and right. so you have this like well, if you can put all the right rungs of the ladder together right, you could either climb the ladder faster and get to happiness faster or you will get to happiness, but if you don't, then, you know, too bad, too sad, you don't be happy. Yeah. And so as, as, you know, someone who, you know, again, who has written a book on, you know, living more of your life now, yet being responsible for your future maybe, maybe, maybe lay the ladder down flat and then it's like be easier to run across. I don't know how, how the analogy would work, but you get the point of like, well, what, what about instead of being 200% happy at retirement, which that's already over 100. right? and not happy in life versus 120% happy in retirement, but being happy throughout life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is
2: there a model that someone could work off of there? And so again, back to your, your, your sex is in every show and now, you know, equity and diversity is, is very inclusion in every show and you know that's you know everyone has their own stance on that but um the money side i think it's still in the past it's still in olden times like cuz no one's really figured out yet how to put that in a movie you know right. no one's really figured out how to put this person made a good decision and it made them happier cuz right. i don't know how that equates you know we could be onto something there we might have to i
0: out. i mean i think people are are hungry for that like I I, I know in my friends like there's, there's a lot of shows that that come out that are marketed to like the you know the young millennial woman like making it work in the big city <laughs> and and that you know I tune in or I used to <laughs> tune in and but I do find it really alienating when I I'm like, how is this relatable she's going to a restaurant and she's not like physically uncomfortable reading the menu or like, how does she, like even simple things like that? Or, okay, this person, you know, has a, I don't know, like has a, what I was like, non skilled hourly job and they can afford, um, an apartment on their own. That, to me, like, that doesn't really, in a big city, that doesn't really make sense. And that could be, the so why is the show a modern, contemporary, cutting-edge, quote-unquote, show? They can, they can talk about race, they can talk about sex, they can show us sex, but they can't, uh, they can't show us someone living in a dinky apartment, or they can't explain <laughs> how much money this person's getting from their parents.
1: I,
2: so, no, they can't. I, I think, of the, have, you seen, have you seen the movie The Intern? with anne hathaway and robert
0: oh i think i have so years ago this is
2: this is a movie where it's described so she is a fashion she owns a fashion company right she's you know i perceive she'd be somewhat like you mid 30s or young 30s and she's successful um there's you know no sex at home because she's so busy and she ends up you know the marriage ends up getting screwed up well, because the husband, not because of her um, yeah. he's, you know, he makes the bad choices, but um, you know, you do see that in that movie, someone realized that like, I need to make it, de- you know, I need to make a, a decision and uh, you know, not to give it away, but she ends up, <clears throat> she ends up considering us, you know, I won't wreck it, but selling the company or not remember. to kind of, yeah, to create her, her, Her ideal life, so so maybe maybe they are kind of showing us that happiness again. Because there's a person who you know, I I get the perception, which, like you mentioned, they don't ever say how much she's making, but she has a driver, and she you know has you know has this big booming company, and um, you know, so so then, in your research, do you? I had said 120 for flexibility. Is there like a number, like a savings number? That you saw in any of the research that people should, should have. No,
0: you don't I have see my numbers.
2: <clears throat> see, I have, a, I have models and, yeah. and we use things when people ask, cause it usually correlates to, should I sell my company, Dustin? Like, should, uh-huh. like I, I might get this much. And what would that mean for my life? And so did you see anything out there?
0: No. I mean, maybe I wasn't looking in the right places and I, you know, I was definitely looking at it from more of like a cultural angle, but I, but that is something, especially as I've um, been doing more of this work, like writing about finances, I find that there is really a divide. And even when I talk to friends about what I'm doing, it's almost like a a haze comes over their eyes and it's like, okay, that's like not a place I want to go.
2: Um, in that you make more than them or they No, in that,
0: that just that I'm thinking about this stuff. Mm. That um there's something really alienating about um, you know, I don't I don't think it would even be accurate to call it like the finance world, but just having a discussion about personal finances or about investments is something that I that really alienates people and I it does feel like there's a certain language to it and that probably part of that is is the numbers it i sometimes and even me in the beginning researching a lot of this stuff you feel like you can't quite get on steady ground like it always feels like you're missing some key piece of information and i think a lot of that is clarity
2: do when you talk to your friends about money does it feel braggy I'm
0: trying to think No, but I, I wouldn't say in the conversation, but there's definitely, I can definitely tell when I feel like someone is treading lightly with me because we both know they make more money. Or if I, you know, let's say I got this contract that, you know, for me is really well paid. I definitely would never want to say how much it is to a friend who I know is making like $15 an hour at her job.
2: Right. And, and that's, that's social etiquette though. I think. Yeah. I think that where, where the, where I see and again, you're 32, right?
0: Well, it, technically I'm still 31 for a couple 31. of 31.
2: <laughs> okay. So in, in that, that period of time, and again, I'm 40 if for any, anyone who hasn't heard me say that before. So we're, we're kind of, we're one little kind of segment ahead or behind uh, each other. So in that age, there's, there is a real transition because you have people who are really like excelling Mm
1: -hmm. and
2: people who are coasting and maybe some people, you know, because they got married at 20, you might even start to see friends get divorced. And so you have this, Mm -hmm. like this other group, uh, which they're not in, in sort of financial shape, but the younger generation, I think it's, and you're a communicator and you understand how to communicate, but it's, the brainstorm if the brain if brainstorming is at the the essence of what the conversation is it can be very collaborative because we talked about it in the last podcast younger people have an interest in in cryptocurrency which again love it or hate it it's a thing um and with with money and if you can brainstorm about it you can help each other because likely you you haven't amassed um um, most haven't amassed a lot unless they've inherited or you know flipped some real estate or something but they haven't amassed a lot so it's if you know what those tools are you can talk about hey i read this that can be very effective it's like i remember that like so i think your generation will be even more so financially with it than you know the generation above me Mm -hmm. for sure uh, and it isn't necessarily because people are trying to be movers and shakers or be flashy. It's just naturally well, it kind of contradicts what we just said about movies, though. it's less in movies, but more in in conversation because we like I, I look at how, like my wife and I's friend group are, you know, many of the people are like wellness advocates, whether they're running or the food they eat or we're talking about gut biome, you know, it's like pretty dorky stuff but then at the same time it's like oh if I learned something at a a party it didn't cost me anything didn't cost that person anything to say hey I would try this and it's working uh and and so we in theory are are more well because of the the brainstorming conversations we have
0: right well I do think um you know for me and my friends and I I don't know if this is something that happens to every generation it most likely does but I think there's a lot more there's a a lot of social consciousness with people my age, and especially in—I don't know—for me personally, in the last now, I guess five or six years, um, and a lot more interest in more like uh, it's so vague, but like structural issues in society. And my hope is is that understanding, you know, how systems work and and how wealth is, you know, in my opinion, a lot of times on. Un- unfairly distributed, but definitely unevenly distributed. My hope is that, that that can lead to to less individual shame about you know feeling like you don't have enough and and I think the shame is where is what drives us to to not talk about it and to hide these things.
2: Do you, do you think the shame could be mitigated if social media was was intentionally regulated. Do you think that our parents felt the same shame? Or it's now like I think of every, you know, if I went on Instagram my phone right now, it's like there would be of my friends five vacation photos. It's springtime. So now I'm seeing people on their big boats. Yeah. Um, you know, so so that, you know, it's like, well, you don't know how happy or not happy they are. You just see a picture. And, and I'm not, I don't hardly ever, I'm a poster. I'm not really a consumer. So <laughs> of, of the content, because uh, it, it, as, it, to detach from that, it's like, I have a calendar on my wall that has little colored dots. That's like, every time I go mountain biking, I put a dot. Oh. And so when I see that, that's a cue. That's like, I want to put more dots up there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so who do I want to go biking with on Saturday? Oh, I mm-hmm. should think I should text somebody. Yeah, instead of looking at everyone else biking, (laughs) you know, so instead of spending the time scrolling, I'm spending my time texting, and then I go out there and wash my bike, you know, so Mm -hmm. in the time that somebody scrolls and and gets nudged with a bunch of stuff that makes them feel like shit, I'm trying to make, you know, intentionally do stuff that makes me feel. Yeah,
0: that's actually that's, that's a cool idea. And then it's something visual that's replacing the visual experience of your phone. I I mean, I I can't stand, I mean, I'm guilty of this doom scroll, but I, I can't stand (laughs) the way that what these things are doing to us. It's terrible.
2: Well, have you taken a holiday off your phone or deleted your apps or like, what would you lose if you deleted all your social media apps for a week? I
0: honestly, I don't have that much. I right now I just have Instagram and I did, I got, but listen to this, this is horrible. I got locked out of my Instagram because I I literally I have like a 10 year old cell phone.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and there's all kinds of issues with it. So I'm always running out of storage. So one day the phone locked me out of Instagram because it said I didn't have enough storage for the app right. anymore. Yeah. And and it was nice because I didn't have to scroll through Instagram and I didn't have to and yeah but it was i i just scrolled through a site worse than instagram in my opinion i would scroll through buzzfeed
2: i don't even know what that is
0: oh it's like it's like for teenagers it's
2: <laughs> <laughs> at least you're keeping your your heart young it-
0: i don't know but it's always like it's like 10 things to buy on amazon that will change your life like it's basically just like endless advertisements. yeah
2: as a guy, I, I've gone through it a few times where I've deleted all the apps. And then what I found myself doing was looking through classifieds of like Harleys and quads
0: uh-huh.
2: and stuff. It's like, it didn't matter. It was like, I'll look at like chainsaws. Like, well, <laughs> I already have a couple of chainsaws. Like, what? Well, there might be a good deal, you know? So it's like, if I could yeah. find a good deal, and I wasn't even looking to like flip it and sell it. It's like, you're just looking for a good deal to like send that person that, hey, is this still available? And then you're like, and it, yep. Yeah, it's available. You're like, oh, again, okay, no, I don't want it. It's like, i'm you know, you're expecting it to not be available to yeah. then Help. You're like, oh, I couldn't have bought that anyway. It wasn't available. So I think the pattern. And again, we're, I'm no angel. And and my wife, you know, Jody, she she goes through bouts where she deletes it and brings it back. And you know, uh, you know, she's tried to she's done some great job with with some audio books and just reading. She just finished a book in like two days, and she said, I didn't even realize how much time every time she wanted to pick up her phone picked up the book yeah and again she's busy she works just you know we have kids and stuff but um people do not realize how much time gets sucked up in that and it isn't so much the physical time on the phone it's the brain bandwidth and then like we notice it like if if you know especially going through covid and all the like stuff we would sit down at the table in the morning and have a coffee get the kids ready and be like, Hey, did you see whatever?
0: Uh-huh. And I would
2: always just say like, how does whatever actually fit with our goals? Right. Zero. It has zero, like it isn't preservation or survival. So it's like, can't even check that box off. It isn't opportunistic. Like, Oh, I'm going to make a big investment because I've seen this and it didn't make me feel good. Like, I think people are so driven by like, well, if I know it, I control it.
1: But right. the reality you is just
0: like some crap piece of news online. That's what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I, you mentioned that a few weeks ago, actually, and I thought about it a lot. Um, just that idea of like this thing I'm doing. Like, I think we all deserve our guilty pleasures from time to time. And, and from time to time it does serve us but most of the time you're completely right it's like what is this doing how is this aligned with anything that matters to me
2: well i think it's about taking the time to figure out what matters to you mm-hmm. and i did i just had i i did it a, a couple months ago because it was right in january but i did a goals uh podcast and it just got aired and
0: yeah
2: i listened to it the other day and i thought yeah like you have to sit down and you have to take a few minutes. And you know, I was feeling like I was a bit meandering on this. Thursday. of Monday, was the holiday. It was like, oh, I need to get like revved up. I'm kind of lost. I had a couple of weeks of really busy, just service, you know, service work. But yeah. like, I wrote down, you know, some of the things that I'm super excited about. Some of the things that you know have, that are good that have happened. And I have I've got it sitting here all week. It definitely has upped my mood, but it brings. It makes you more grounded. Mm. So you aren't getting, especially for business people, you're being, or in your thing, you're in creative. So it's like people are asking stuff. People want to change stuff. It's bump, 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 like a pinball that you need to be able to find some place that you can always pull out and be like, okay, Uh, we used to do a monthly marketing meeting with myself. It was a one person meeting with myself every first Wednesday.
0: You said we used to do. Yeah. Yeah. Me and my binder. (laughs) Me and
2: my marketing binder. <laughs> uh would do this thing. We go to a coffee shop. I I would make myself stay there for like four hours. Uh-huh. Sometimes it'd be nine to three, sometimes it'd be like eight to twelve, just depending on how creative. But I would sit there, I would get two coffees, but normally I only drink one every second day. Two okay. coffees, one sitting, which is unheard of for me. But then just let things go. If I would get slow in thought, I would pull out like a Denzel Washington motivational video on YouTube and just let that kind of get going. And then Uh by the end of it, yeah, you'd have a a written list of a number of things that, you know, you felt important. The last half hour of the meeting, you'd go and try and pick three because you can't do it all. So you'd pick three and for the next month in the business, that's all that I would focus on. Yeah. So I love that. (laughs) Well, he was, it was, who's the meeting with? It's like my wife would be like a first, like who who are you meeting? I'm like myself. like that's
1: weird
0: <laughs> no that's it's really fascinating to me like having these conversations um I think I said this uh on our first week like the the parallels between I mean I guess it's obvious but between um business and creative stuff like I, I am obsessed with and a lot of creative people I don't know if you've heard of it before there's this book called the Artist's way
2: uh, tell me about it. I think maybe you've told me about it, or I've seen it.
0: Maybe I might have mentioned it, and I feel you know that I'm blanking on the woman's name. It's Ju- Ju- Julia Cameron. Um, yeah. step program for artists, and a lot of it you're supposed to journal every day, but a a lot of it is reading, kind of just reading a lot of text about common problems that might arise and. It's supposed to be identifying what your passions are and what maybe lost sources of creativity have been and, and looking back on your life and realizing why, like were you told something as a child that it told you like art wasn't important or art wasn't serious or maybe you tried and you showed some, someone something and they were really mean about it. But one of the, the things she advocates for, what she calls a weekly artist date, where you do you do something by yourself that sounds exactly like your meeting? You go, you go to the movies or anything that it's supposed to. It's supposed to be you connecting with your inner child. Yeah, but uh, it's the same idea, like taking time, time off for yourself to connect with what what you want and to figure out what you want.
2: Yeah, and I think there's there's with business and maybe we talked about it, but not at length, uh, that there's only two paths you can take in life, artists or business. Hmm. Yeah. You know, so music, you're going to be a musician. You know, it's like, so again, riffing on that for a second, it's like the artist way is like the classic stereotype, not as much money. You know, they just kind of always in the coffee shop. They're, you know, they seem always like really nice, really chill. Uh, but then, you know, they just sort of make it by its business is like, oh, that's a go getter, a type, not a lot of creative juices, very, uh, uh, uh. and there's, yeah. you can't be either or you can't be both. And I, I, I would share openly this podcast, you know, we're 70 some episodes in and there's no monetary, like, I, I don't make money on this. It costs uh-huh. money. So, but the reward is more of the conversations. Born out of COVID, when we couldn't meet people, it was like, oh, if we can't meet people, love to chat with them on the podcast. Right. And, you know, so it's like a social outlet slash, you know, I, well, I, this is an experiment right now, what you and I are doing. It's mm-hmm. like two people talking and you're quizzing me, which is opposite of what a podcast usually is. But the goal being, how do we help people make better decisions around life, wealth, Health, you know, we we started the podcast with a sex and money sort of subtopic. All that is is wealth is not just money. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Wealth, you know, I ask people on the podcast, "What is your ultimate picture of wealth?" and and the answers that you get are everything. You know, some people say money, other people say a blend. Some people say, you know, so I'm healthy. You know, Dave Asprey from Bulletproof Radio, I think he named it different now. You know, he openly talks about his life expectancy goal is age 150, and he is building his life, the decisions he makes, you know, the people he meets, what he surrounds his mind with, to live to 150. And so, you know, when you hear him talk, you 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 kind of believe him, and you kind of go, "Wow!" Like, you know, I haven't really set intention on on an age yet. I I could see as I get a little older that that I won't want it to stop. I would say more. You know, again, you know, more sexy, you know, it's probably research to promote better wellness and make mm-hmm. your body function better for so many reasons. Your mind. Um, you know, there's a whole whole thing place I could go there, but uh, I know you have probably a couple <laughs> more questions and I'm 40 minutes into rambling.
0: No, it's I'm uh I'm impressed with that life goal. 150 yeah. years old. Is it, it,
2: again? What we talked about, it's that's gonna take um, you know, that defies odds. It seems impossible. Well, uh, what are
0: people at now?
2: I think, like, in the life insurance world, life expectancy is like 89, 88.
0: Okay. So that's big.
2: I think even younger, or I might screw, I, let's just say on average, 86 between male and female, because one's a, a couple of years longer. Right. Uh, but we're not into the 90s yet. So, you know, and I've never done research okay. on what, you know, the average lifespan is, but I just go by, you know, life insurance companies know pretty well when people <laughs> are dying. Um, but, but you think of like, you've got to, I think Dave Asper, I would guess is probably 50. Uh, you know, you've got to significantly change your, some of the decisions that are being made now. Uh, right. It might even be too late. I don't know how early he started, but he started a company called Bulletproof Coffee. Which
0: Okay, yeah. Which,
2: again, he did a lot of studies on the brain and his wife I think is some sort of surgeon. But his coffee was yeah, MC, MCT oil, ghee butter.
0: Right. And a specific
2: coffee that has no mold in it. I tried it for a while. My cholesterol went through the roof. So I don't know. If...
0: <laughs> I've never tried it, but I no, wish him luck. I uh, I'm convinced he'll make it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's right.
0: Um, all right. Let me see here. Let me think of. Okay, so I have. So one thing I I wanted to hear if you and this is kind of like maybe going over the same territory, but it was like. I just wanted to hear if you think that this is crazy. Well, no.
1: on me.
0: So when I got married, my husband and I had been together for I don't know, probably five or six years, and though it was no big deal. We we it wasn't like a huge um, like a a huge discussion about if we were going to do it. it. It made perfect sense. It was very it felt very natural um, we had a beautiful wedding. The planning was awful because I hate money and I'm barely uncomfortable with it, but, um, but it was, it was beautiful. We're, we're happy. I mean, we're a relatively happy couple. When we got married in the States, we've been living in the States because I was going to school there. My husband is born and is American. Um, but after we got married, we decided to come to Canada because for various reasons. But um, it meant that he had to apply to get his permanent residency, which took two years. Wow! Because um, it was during the pandemic, and that was like a, a whole other, whole other story. But he, so he finally gets it. He's a Canadian resident. He can have, and mind you, this whole time. This whole time, this is so weird. I it, again, it was during the pandemic, so it was not a normal lifestyle. But he would always have my debit, had my debit card with me, because I was I was working, because he couldn't work. So he would run the errands. So he would just always have, and we called it the debit card. Right. It was no big deal. I had no, and you know, because I was the only one working, it, we were on a pretty strict budget, but it wasn't like. And no, it wasn't a big deal at all. No, didn't give it a second thought that he always had the debit card. Then he gets his um, permanent residency. And he says, okay, so now I can get my own debit card. We'll go down to the bank. You can join my, I can join on your bank account. And I was like, <gasps> <laughs> I felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. I felt like. I was like I've had this bank account since I was 14 years old. I like don't want to let you in. Yeah. I, like it's mine. I and it was like I did it and and it wasn't like a huge deal but I I a part of me feels horrified that I was like some kind of freak that I had that feeling. I was more nervous to let him in my checking account than I was to get married to him.
1: Yeah,
2: is Um, that normal? Yep. (laughs) Uh, Unfortunately, it is. Uh, So I would say go back me up to your parents. Are they still together, or they divorced?
0: They're still together. Together. Yeah.
2: Both working? Like, are both worked?
0: Um, my dads retired now, but my mom is still working.
2: So not so much issue there. Um, feel free to not pass on the question, but I would ask, do you, are you a like woman power crusader? That's like, uh, you know, equality, woman equality, this is wrong kind of,
0: situation. I mean, yeah, like. I think to like the normal degree for someone in my generation. But like I said, I had no problem. Like he had my debit card in his wallet for like two years and I had no problem he had with use that. Of
2: it. He was not yeah, on the account though. I know. Yeah. I, so, so I will give you some experience again, <laughs> cause I, I have opinions, uh, but I think experience in my 17 years of wealth planning, it Probably sixty-five percent of my clients go joint, so okay. go, because people ask like, "What's right or wrong?" and it really is the people. Right. I have um, multiple dentist clients where husband and wife are both dentists, where they do separate banking. Uh, so and it totally works. So they they buy a house together. It, the house might be in one person's name and the other. Person pays essentially rent. Mm
1: -hmm. They're married,
2: kids, all that stuff. But it's just they figure out a number, they put it into a joint account. The mortgage payment, the groceries, and the house bills all come out of that account. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: But then the money that they make for themselves, they can spend on whatever you know they want because they're doing their retirement plan. That's all of the joint. So that's it's very coordinated. Right. But Not joint banking, and and I can think of another couple who's retired. Same idea: retirement income comes into their their own account. They put money to cover food. You know, they don't have a mortgage, but food. So it's. I don't think it's. I think your your feelings are are totally valid and and normal. Um, I don't know how to coach people. So I'm trying to think you've gone through it. You've made it. It's okay. You guys are fine. Still using the debit card. It's it's okay.
0: Yeah. And and it's fine now. We're still, we're still on the same account. It's not an issue, but, um, especially like thinking about all this stuff for this week, I realized a lot of examples of how, of just how money does make me more uncomfortable than I mean, I would say then anything, but the topic of today, then sex, like, I find, uh, like, if I were to watch a, a TV show where someone goes out on the town and, like, I don't know, has, like, a wild orgy, like, I'd be like, okay, whatever. But when I watch or when I read something about someone spending recklessly, I get, like, a feeling in my chest. It's so you uncomfortable relive it. to me. So
2: you relive it, which... Again, I got a hammer on you again about your scrolling because you are reliving like whether you're watching videos from Ukraine or you're watching, you know, different things where it's negative. You know, Mm -hmm. if I, again, if I turn on my Facebook and I go to, uh, I don't know, it's not my feed, but whatever the first thing that shows up on Facebook, it's like the stories. And and maybe I haven't gotten in it enough to like watch dirt bike videos and sled videos to get what I like. But fight stuff comes up, like it'll be like a fight in Seven Eleven or like convenience oh, store, like
0: two random, like two people.
2: guys like fighting, uh, and <sighs> it's like, whoa, that's random. But like, <coughs> if if you were sucked into that, you'd be like, oh, and it's like, there's another one, there's another yeah. one, and so you know, I wasn't a fighter in high school, but you like relive those moments where you did get beat up,
0: right? That's like, and you start thinking that. That's what the world is. Then if you go out to a Seven Eleven, someone's going to punch you. Yeah, it's like,
2: well, the, I better get prepared. I better be carrying a knife <laughs> for a gun. You know, like, yeah. that's what's well, like, well, that who knows where that happened, you know? And right. so I, I think, you know, my my um, input for for you and for, for the other person who maybe is just about to get married and you're going to have that, like, do we do joint banking conversation? hmm what can we give them to, to feel okay about it? And I would say back to what we talked about, sex, money, and communication. That could be the title of the podcast is, yeah. you know, how, do, you know, partner, how do you see us paying for the groceries? You know, if you, if you aren't living together, how do you see us doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is how I say, oh, that's not how I saw it. Uh, I know from, from my stat, we, my wife and I had an inequality in, in, we had different incomes. Yeah. Uh, Again, she she worked at Min, I own a company, Our incomes are different, but then when it would come to spending, I could easily go out and buy dirt bikes, snowmobiles, because maybe I knew there was a a big bonus coming, or there was something coming down the pipe where she didn't have that ability because we have a joint checking where her Uh and my income go into, but You know, I I my income goes into the company account. So, you know, you could have this situation. So we had some very you know in depth. It was more me getting a little more mature about that we are a unit, and you know that money that that I can generate is more, but it's total income. We put our incomes together, and it's like okay. And every year we kind of lay out our spending and go okay. Well, I. I would like to do this. She's, you know, considering going to a course down South, it's, it's expensive and mm-hmm. it's important to her. And she's been putting in the work for the last year to get to this point, to go to the course. Right. You know, that course is probably 10% of her income for the whole year. So it's mm-hmm. like, well, if I, if I was my old self, I'd be like, well, no, because that yeah. means I'm going to be funding a lot of it because right. I already you know, pay for the bills, but we don't. We put in a big right, and we, we, we make her, we try to, I'm, I'm still guilty of, you know, six, $700 and under, I kind of will pull the trigger on those myself. Uh, and I get in trouble for it.
0: Well, I mean, another <laughs> thing that, and you can weigh into this personally, if you want to, or, or not like in a general sense, something that came up a lot in my research too, is typically um, women are the people who are going to be performing unpaid labor in in the house. So they're typically the ones who will do the cleaning. Or if you have children do more, take on more of the childcare responsibilities and, and you don't get paid for that. Mm -hmm. So I think that adds like another, I would imagine that would add another element to it.
2: Yeah. As soon as a person moves in together and as soon as you have kids together, those conversations are real. So for all the like you know macho alpha males uh listening, I can tell you um you know you spend money usually if you're a go-getter on fitness course, you spend the money on online courses, learnly or um you know any of those online platforms, you spend money on supplements, you spend money on things that help your life. Uh-huh. And a lot of people don't spend money on counseling or researching stuff about relationships. So you don't have to like dive into it like you want to be the next guru but at least you know maybe once a quarter every 3 months you throw in listen to a relationship podcast you throw in listen to a have better sex podcast you know you you just try and build up that and it it comes it does affect your wealth
1: yeah. if you
2: get a divorce your wealth's cut in half so as someone who's watching multiple clients right now go through divorces and when you do the math It's, that is very, you know, I come from a divorced family. My parents are divorced 30 years, but they're still friends. Uh Uh, That is something that you look at and go, wow, like, what can we do now to prevent that instead of trying to fix it when it happens?
0: Right, exactly. And that, I mean, that would be an investment. 100%.
2: -hmm. Yeah. Sex is an investment. (laughs) because <laughs> usually it requires uh more than just uh you know the action. It requires, you know, well I'm talking about married couples, not so much the dating scene, but uh yeah, we might have to get a third person on here and have like a, a sex psychologist unpack stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to say something and I can't, I lost my train of thought. So oh, it'll no. it'll pop up and we'll have another whole podcast. So gonna, okay, cool. Well, thanks, Frankie. Uh, we Thank We are you. at time, and I look forward to uh, the next one.
0: Me too. Thanks, Dustin.
1: If you found this episode valuable, share it with a friend. If you found this episode super valuable, leave us a review on iTunes. It will help us continue to bring you top quality content. For more information on anything discussed on this show, visit www.servicewealth.com. That's service spelled S-E-R-V-I-S-S. Any investment topics covered on the show are not investment recommendations, and you should seek professional advice before making any investment decisions. This show was produced by Podigy Podcasts. Thanks for listening.